What's Appalachian? And sometimes, you know, it's not always about the Carter G. Woodsons or the yeah. T.D. Jakes or the Randy Mosses. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's about your grandma, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Your grandma that had a picnic and raised her kids and you know how they how how did you do that in the face of segregation in a coal camp and welcome back everyone to yet another week's episode of what's appalachian and my name is cody greathouse along my side is gabe roush gabe how you doing man dude i'm doing great doing great good looking forward to this episode this episode is going to be a legendary one uh as a as an english major as an english education major um, sitting down with Crystal Good and speaking with her about uh, her, her poetry, um, about her perspective on Appalachia. It, it was, I can tell you guys now, um, after sitting and speaking with her and, and picking her brain for a little bit, this woman will change your perspective. Oh, 100%. Like, as we were listening, I mean, I thought I had a decent perspective. Yeah. But kind of coming in, and then she kind of hit us with some heavy stuff that I don't even think she realized was that heavy for us. Yeah. And I was like, oh, dang. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, and, and and I think, you know, she puts things into perspective really well. And and I can I can tell you now, man, her her attitude and her, her go-getter mindset yeah. is, is contagious, man. Oh. You know what I mean? For sure. And, and you know what the best part is? I mean... Um, she just kind of just spews positivity. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that that's the vibe that I get from her. No, like I, it's I all agree. it's all positive yeah. vibes. Yeah. So yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, looking forward to sharing that with you guys later. But before that, Cody, mm-hmm. what's grinding your beard today? I'll tell you what's grinding my beard. Just to start off on this note, did you know that West Virginia, our legislator, uh, our legislators, um, in Charleston are planning to take away the promised scholarship. Is that on the chopping block for the budget? Yes. Are you serious? Let, let me guess. Let me guess. Is this to help pay or cover the elimination of the income tax, state mm-hmm. income tax? Well, that makes sense. Let's cut meaningful benefits Yeah, why not? to West Virginia's young people because that's yeah. how we get them to stay. It is. It is. Also, we can... Ah, oh, dear Lord. You know, it, it makes me think back to all these people that, uh, you know, you see on social media nowadays saying, you know, well, I, I paid my college debt off. I got a job. Paid my, <laughs> as if it's some kind of uh, fraternity that you join and you go through some kind of hazing to where you have to pay off your college yeah. debt. If my tax money goes towards like the youth of West Virginia being able to better themselves, yep. get a good good education, and then maybe stay in West Virginia, yep. by all means. <laughs> exactly. But no, we're we're uh, we're getting rid of that. So uh, I hope that doesn't pass. That's got to get cut out, right? Well, I hope so. I uh, hope so. I, you know, I have. A lot of friends that that you know, um, um, and a lot of past students that that are promised scholars, and it's uh, it's sad to see that that you know we and it <clears throat> it kind of goes in with you know people are always quick to jump on on the teacher train, man. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is a lot of people always want to say like, oh, thank you to our teachers, thank you so much. You guys are just a godsend, you know, in terms of what you do. Uh, you know, it's it's. It's brave. It's gallant in terms of you know the way that that you know what you do for our communities and blah blah blah. But like, then then it's like, well, teachers deserve a raise, and yeah. it's like, what? No, they don't. No, they don't <laughs> no. They get summers off. Yeah. What are you talking about? Which you know it is what it is. Um, you still have a ten month contract. Like I mean, yeah, salaried employee. Like <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. But I'm I'm saying. I guess the point I'm getting at is it's, it's just a, you know, we love you. Yeah, and we yeah. appreciate what you do, but 
eh, <laughs> yeah, teachers have it really it. rough. Like, yeah. And then, yeah, here's a gold star. Yeah. <laughs> and we, you know, as a state and, and what I'm, how I'm tying this back in is as a state, we sit here and we want to, you know, we want to push charter schools and we want to push education savings accounts and, and yeah. all well, this stuff. Creating competition. Yeah. Creating because competition that's what because, education is. Yeah. Well, and I think along with that, it's to the point now where it's, um, you know, they want quality education. So you're mm-hmm. telling me you want quality education and, and you want to push this education agenda, mm-hmm. but you're going to cut one of the most important pieces, uh, one of the um, the pinnacles of education in terms of scholarship. You're going to cut that? Yeah, here in West Virginia, I mean, how many kids wouldn't be able to attend the colleges or universities that they do attend if I'm it saying. weren't for the Promise Scholarship? Yeah, well, and I, I just think of kids that, that can't afford college but need to go because yeah. they are extremely, extremely smart. And yeah. it's you know, and they earn it. It's not like it's not earned. No, exactly. Like they, they, they keep a certain grade point yes. average. They qualify for it. They maintain it. Yeah. Well, and the but, key but, is but that's not worth it. it. You know, yeah. once they get to college, they have to keep. Yeah. They're they're in the bargain. They have to hold that into the bargain and, yeah. and, and succeed even when they get to college. But it, it's it's just irony uh, yeah. in itself is yeah. that we want to push education. We want to come up with these policies and we want to come up with these schools and 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 savings accounts for students to to utilize. And it's like. Yeah. Okay, but you're going to cut the promise scholarship. So where's the fight at? <laughs> it was like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah it's uh, well, That's aggravating. West Virginia politics at its best. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's what's grinding my beard. What about you? So uh, the Charleston Gazette Mail put out a um, an article. I think it was actually yesterday. Um, February 10th, uh, titled Appalachia's Top Natural Gas Producing Counties. Falling be- further behind economically, mm-hmm. uh, according to a report from what was it, the uh, Ohio River Valley Institute. Yeah. So essentially, what we are kind of promised as Appalachians, and yeah. well, they're they're referring to like the 22 counties of Appalachia right. that are <clears throat> been coined Frackalachia. Yeah. Where they're fracking for natural gas yeah. and everything. Um, I guess the benefits locally on the economy just really aren't there. Um, you don't say. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, what? Uh, of the counties in West Virginia, they're part of "quote unquote" Frackalachia. There was only like a just over like one and a half percent growth <laughs> between 2008 and 2019, uh, and like in terms of economic value in that region. Surprise! <laughs> oh, what you mean extraction yeah. doesn't better local economies? Yeah, I mean it. It just blows my mind. I mean, don't get me wrong. Is it needed for industry? Yes. Yeah. Could it be good for industry? Yes, but. Are corporations really willing to put that in back into where they're extracting exactly. from? I mean, yeah, Dodgers County got a nice school out of it. I mean, was there a little bit of severance tax and in, like increase? Yeah. Of course, yeah. So so there's that. Right. But the people that still live there that might be dealing with some of the repercussions of fracking. Yep. Um, however you may feel about that, like they're not really getting <laughs> they're not getting what they're, they're they're not getting the long term jobs. Yep. I mean, what, there's maybe one cracker plant up that way yep. to, like, crack the methane or whatever. Right. That, yeah, I know what you're saying. Whatever, but yeah. it just it, it just aggravates me that, again, folks of Appalachia, as we are an extraction area, just kind of get taken advantage of. They yep. got the, like, corporations got those mineral rights. They're getting what they need. It's getting pumped out. Yep. And West Virginia, in this case, isn't seeing anything. So, nope. Uh, that's been kind of my been grinding my beard since I read that yesterday. So I understand completely. Yeah. 
but with all that negativity aside, like I'm, I'm excited for this next episode or for this uh, next interview. Yeah, I am too. I think, you know, I've I've shouted her out in past episodes in terms of my African American literature professor, and and she kind of pointed us toward Crystal uh, to get her to get her to come on and and Mm -hmm. and, you know talk with us. Yeah, and and African American literature to me had had opened my eyes as a as a white kid growing up in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Yeah. Um, and, and Crystal just took that to the next level. Yeah. You know what I mean? In terms of the book that she threw out there for which you guys will hear about it. Um, it, you know, it, it's, uh, it's eye opening and it's, it's humblesome. Yeah. Yeah. In itself. So agreed. Yeah. I'm excited guys. Yeah. And, but, uh, my favorite part though, is we kind of shook it up today. We did. We did. We did. Um, and and I actually it was a nice shake up. It was because instead of just drinking our, our our normal ice cold brews, we were like, let's shake this up and let's have a nice cozy cup of coffee for this yeah. interview yeah, because it, it just it just felt right. Mm-hmm. Um, so what bean was that? That was the medium roast, the motorboating from ah, River Roasters River up in Pomeroy, Ohio. Pomeroy, Ohio. Yeah, the official coffee of what's, what's Appalachian. Appalachian. So yeah, I mean, obviously, it's our favorite place to go. It is, yeah. You guys uh, see it on our. It is local media, to us, like, so that makes it easier. It does. It definitely does. But did you know, real quick, before we kind of get into the the rest of this episode, so right now they have a custom blend through Ridge Runner Coffee, yep, in Athens, Ohio. Right. However, uh, River Roasters just uh, acquired a piece of property. They're getting to getting ready to put in their own roaster, where they will actually be roasting their own coffee beans really? to supplies their to, to sell wholesale and then supply their. Wow. Uh, their coffee shop. So yeah. that, that, that's that, that's yep. really cool. I'm yeah. excited about that as a I am too. I mean, borderline coffee snob. Well, you think it's uh they're they're expanding their horizon mm-hmm. here, man. They're yeah. you know, if you guys get a chance go back and listen to our River Roasters episode with yeah. with Larry and Candace. Such it, a cool story. It is. It's a killer story. It's a killer spot to eat at. Mm-hmm. Killer spot to have a cup of coffee at. Guys, River Roasters in Pomeroy, Ohio. You've got to check it out if you're making your way through Point Pleasant. Yeah. Good eats, good brews. Nice atmosphere. So, exactly. Um, but we hope you guys enjoy the interview with Crystal Good. So, guys, we're here with Crystal Good. Crystal, how you doing? I'm doing good. Ha-ha. There you go. There you go. Play on words. She's a poet, so you <laughs> yeah, know she does it. Yeah. yeah. No, guys, uh, I, I'm super pumped for this one. Um, I, I use some of Crystal's poetry in, in class and things like that. So uh, super excited to have her on. Crystal's just going to give us kind of a, you know, a, a rundown of, of, you know, the Appalachian Appalachian experiences that she's had and, mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, just kind of carry on our conversation for Black History Month and just yeah. kind of celebrate that that area of Appalachian history. Definitely, definitely. So, Crystal, um, give us a little background information. I mean, where are you from? You know, you do you, well, girl. Uh, I'm from Kanawha County, and I think that's, uh, you know, how we identify ourselves by counties because yeah. we don't really have big cities, you know, that's so true. it's what county do you represent. So I'm Kanawha County girl, and I like to say it's can we all county, you know, but it's <laughs> not really true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so i grew up in uh, st albans my mom was in st albans and my dad lived in rand so literally that's kind of like two experiences all in its all in its own but you know they're connected by the railroad and sometimes that's sort of the metaphor that i use about you know how this time travel um happens here in you know Mm -hmm. in appalachia and in the world um 
But, you know, I'll just kind of get weird with you guys because I feel like I can't. I think that Appalachia is like this portal. That's the way I look at it. I mean, these are the oldest mountain ranges in the world, yeah. you know? Yeah. And and so there are the great grandmothers of Earth. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, where the river flows north. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I think that those are all signs that we are living. We're just kind of standing on the portal. Right. Like yeah. what is going on? And that's what I that's the way I feel when I'm in New River Gorge or different places. It's the land that I love. And sometimes it's the land that I get so disconnected from. Mm-hmm. I think we talk a lot about the culture on top and the people and the history and the mind wars and the poverty and the politics. Um, but we forget. Right. The the magicalness of this earth. And for some reason that you're here and I'm here and we were born here, got the good fortune of being, you know, um, born in the most eco biodiverse, you know, uh, forest next to the rainforest, the Amazon forest. I think this is what we get to talk about. I think that, Mm -hmm. that and this is what centers us. It's what brings us back into being little ants on this planet, little humans, right? Black, blue, green, yellow, gay, straight, tall, short, fat, skinny, addicted, not addicted, whatever, right? Like we're all just little ants on this spinning ball. And I'm not going to debate if you guys are flat earthers, we're just done right now. (laughs) (laughs) No, we're not flat earthers. (laughs) No offense to my flat earthers, but, um, I just, you know, I, I, I believe in a spinning ball. So, um, you know, and we're all here. And I think that what makes Appalachia so special, um, and you know, we have to also remember somebody made up Appalachia and they stole that word and they stole the region and it's all invisible places that we're living in, but what is tangible Mm -hmm. and what is, you know, tangible is when you're, uh, you know, I just use the new river because that's a kind of a a, a place that we all recognize when you're standing there and it feels prehistoric because it is, and you see this bird fly and you're like, was that a pterodactyl? Right. (laughs) What was that? What was that thing? What are these species? What is this? And you feel your really smallness and your place on this earth. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I like to remind people, um, I don't know if it's in a poem or it's just kind of what I say when I'm in poetry readings is that, you know, uh, these mountains endured the ice age. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. She's gonna be okay. Yeah, it's us like that, that we're worried about. I do really you know? like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. And and I and I think that sometimes you know we saving the planet is saving humans, right? right. Yeah. Like uh, you know, but when I commune with Mother Earth and I'm in that West Virginia heart of Appalachia, that soul space, you mm-hmm. know, that's when I really start to feel you know the the presence of of the beauty of the breath that we. That I think sometimes that we when when people talk about West Virginia is so pretty and mm-hmm. I was talking with my partner, I was like, oh, because, you know, I got a lot of tweets that I don't tweet. Right. right? Like <laughs> you should see my my draft. File, yeah. <laughs> right. And so the tweet that I didn't want to tweet that it's, it's it might actually even be in my drafts right now. I could just uh, let me just see. Let me just see. So, y'all, I'm not I'm not making up any I'm not making up any fits here. <laughs> no, you're um, good. It's about West Virginia always kind of claiming like what's the thing you always hear what's something you always hear when people talk about west virginia what do they say well one thing <laughs> we're talking negative or positive stereotype yeah they always say how pretty she is it's true yeah. right yeah so here's the tweet that i haven't tweeted what if mountain mama doesn't want to hear how pretty she is at all what if she just wants to stop here and hey nice hyperloops west virginia you sure are pretty for a poverty-stricken obese heart problems polluted water politically corrupt no real economic plan 
You get the point, right? Like yeah. how many times? <laughs> Damn, it's Crystal, like, I hear you're you. So pretty, yeah. Right, yeah. and and I think that we this is also kind of like how we value beauty, yeah. you know. And then we start to look at American standards, and you know, I got my chip, tooth chip fixed today, and so there I feel go. like okay to be on the Zoom meeting. Yeah, but it's like, <laughs> but I just think that sometimes we talk about West Virginia's beauty in the superficial as if Mm -hmm. this is some sort of thing that allows her some great asset. And I think that we commodify women and men the same way, but I think what we're missing in the beauty is that it's a spiritual moment, right? When you can breathe that in, we don't have the language for Mm -hmm. what that feels. I don't have the, I don't have the language for what it feels like. If I could take you all to my favorite little swimming hole, you know what I mean? And when I'm there and I'm just like, I'm just there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and I think that that's the, the beauty that we are always trying to commodify. Right. Right? We're always trying to turn it into this tourism, trying mm-hmm. to do this, trying to do that. So anyway, um, what's Appalachian? I think that, you know, one of the things that will be exciting when we get out of this panoramic, whatever this thing is that we're yeah. in, <laughs> you know, is how we're able to, um, you know, be a part of, of what was so much fun, um, you know, the festivals and the fairs and, Mm -hmm. you know, sitting outside and playing music and cooking and talking. And, you know, those are the things that make, um, for me, make the experience of living and growing up in Appalachia something special. You know, it's like the potlucks and the community and, and all the little things like I really, (laughs) you know, when I grew up and, you know, recognize that the things, the quilts that my grandmother gave me or, you know, the special, um, you know, <laughs> the containers that we carried the food in mm-hmm. or the doilies that we, you know, that we, that we care, you know, the hot, the hot pockets. or I don't know, whatever you, whatever yeah. you call them, you know, all of these things. And I really took for granted the dishes mm-hmm. and the Blinko. And then I grew up, I was like, people pay a lot of money for this stuff, exactly. right? Like yeah. this was stuff I thought was kind of like junk. Why do we have so many wooden spoons? Yeah. I don't understand yeah. these things, you know, <laughs> yeah. and now I can look and think, you know how much it cost me in the Los Angeles California yeah. to go buy some wooden spoons and kind of put together an Appalachian quote unquote yep. aesthetic shout out to mike costello if you don't know him and his pickle shelf podcast mm-hmm. um and what mike's doing with lost farm he he's a sweetheart yeah he's in the whole package it came on the day i was mad somebody made me mad on twitter it, it, it talk about bad about appalachia i just don't know and he sent me this box and i opened it up and it was like um leather britches which are beans um that are southern yeah. west virginia native too and i'm yeah. kind of mm-hmm. learning about those i didn't know about those yeah yeah they're heirloom and yeah yeah. And he sent me some of those and he sent me some recipes and he, he sent me um some um, dried apples and he sent me all kinds of just like really goodies. And I was like, this is home. Yeah, right. So definitely. to answer, you know, your question, I think that, you know, what I like to think about and I'm trying to reframe how I talk about myself. I said all that to say is that sometimes I think we talk about I'm Appalachian. Right. And mm-hmm. Dr. Jesse Wilkinson and I, she's at WVU. Um, she wrote a really great article about like how we need to stop Dolly worshiping, Dolly yeah. Parton worshiping. But, um, okay. you know, we were talking the other day about like how reframing, like I am, I am not Appalachian. I'm from Appalachia. Right. Mm-hmm. And that little word in the middle there is really important because not only does it allow me to give you my history, you know, I could tell you about, I come from black women that are moonshiners, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I could tell you, I could tell you, you know, sort of like the history that people want to know or connect to when they think about being Appalachian, but I'm from 
this place, right? right? And because I'm from this place, that allows me to have roots and to go wherever I need to go into the world. And it also allows me to remember this, you know, colonial patriarchy history that we're living in called America, right? Which is like, nah, yeah. There were people in Appalachia before the people came to decide that they were going to name it Appalachia, you know, and in my town where I'm from in Kanawha County, there are beautiful earth mounds, right? Mm -hmm. That native people built, you know, and that we have now put a bench on the top of and some stairs going up. And, (laughs) you know, even in the town of Moundsville, they decorate things. Yeah, they used to decorate the mound for Christmas, you know, yeah, let the yeah. prisoners out to come decorate the mound. Anyway, I think that part of what, what would help uh, the region is to kind of, you know, re-anchor ourselves in the space, right? Yeah. Like in, you know, and I don't want to use words like beauty, but it's really like we have an opportunity, um, you know, to recenter ourselves. And mm-hmm. I think that that's kind of part of what is missing with our young people. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it's also part of what a lot of our young people have that other people don't have. Right. So Crystal is from Appalachia, which like is um, in Kanawha County. You know, I grew up in Kanawha County from Appalachia. Um, I come from uh, really strong women with thick legs, um, <laughs> moonshining women who believed in fast cars and good looking men. Right. <laughs> um, and, you know, and so that's kind of where, where I'm thinking of how to, um, how to start to reframe uh, just sort of claiming my place and space exactly. um, in being from Appalachia instead of just kind of wearing this as a solid piece of identity. I yep. think that yeah. that's a bit dangerous. And I think we all do it because we want to be prideful. We, we want to talk yeah. about it. We want to change the narrative. But in and you're claiming changing my that mind you, on some things right yeah. now. Yeah. And claiming <laughs> that you are the thing, right, is yeah. very limiting because we're part of humanity and we're part of the spinning ball, Definitely. you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. Period. Yeah. Deep, straight off, like right yeah. off the rim. Man, I love it. That's I love it. Well, and you know, we talk about peeling back layers and and approaching things from a realistic point of view, and and, and this is this is how it starts. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is this is how you get the ball rolling, and 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 how you approach. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Everything that you want to want to tackle in terms of Appalachia. Um, so, Crystal, you know, you grew up in Kanawha County. Um, you know, what 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 were some life experiences? I know I know you could write. <laughs> you know, recreate a, a Bible of life experiences that you've had just by just, you know, from what I've read about it, you. Just and, our homework and things like <laughs> the that. past couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, what, what are well, what are some things you've, you've been through and come over, you know, overcome throughout your. What what, uh, what when you all were doing your Googles on me, what 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 surprised you? Did you get a surprise in the Googles or did you get something? Um, I, I honestly, he, he had, he was familiar with your poetry and your writing. Uh-huh. Um, I wasn't, so that's been really interesting for me. Um, like, uh, listening to, uh, you, you speak black diamonds, like your, your, your poetry hit me pretty hard. I'm not going to sit yeah. here and say that I'm, I, I'm a big poetry guy or anything like that, but that, and then boom, boom. I mean, just the, just what that explained, I'm, this is me, not a literary genius trying no, to voice this. But that, like, I mean, that, that, I mean, th- those are probably so I'll tell you two. A story. I'll tell you a story just from just from that right there. So one time, I was at uh, I was at the Greenbrier, and um, I was there with some friends. Um, they have Greenbrier access. I don't. Right. I'm right. always sort of the plus one. <laughs> and um, so we were there, and there was some coal guys there because you know the coal guys like to go to the Greenbrier to gamble. Yeah. 
and they have a little room where they get to go in, you know, because I just put my little dollars in. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so anyway, the col- big cold boys, I won't name them. They were there. And, um, uh, you know, uh, and, and I think, uh, anyway, so so we, we started talking and somebody knew somebody in circles that they were talking to it. And then someone's like, oh, it's Crystal's a poet. Oh, you're a poet? And they're like, and my friends are laughing because they're yeah. like, yeah, she's like, yeah, she's a poet. Yeah. And she <laughs> said, what do you write about? I said, well, I like to write about like coal and coal miners and stuff like that. You know, and they're like, oh, all right. Like, well, you want to read poem? And I was like, no. I'm looking at my friends like, <laughs> is it really happening? Like, is this really happening? Mm-hmm. Right. We're talking upper level coal CEOs. And you. so, um, <laughs> so, so, so I was like, okay, I'm gonna read this poem. So I read the poem, right. And I read boom, boom. And, uh, uh which is about a stripper and a strip mine. Yeah. And, uh, in it, you know, in it, I say, you know, industrial homicide, homicide dead, 29 yep. minor. You know, it, it, but, anyway, that, but, yeah. Lots of black diamonds. Anyway, I read my poems and afterwards, the cold guy said, oh, Crystal, you, you really are black and you can read. And I oh, said, oh my gosh. I wasn't quite sure how to take this, right? <laughs> and my friend's face were like, what? And I said, did you enjoy the poem? And he said, I really did. He said, I just never heard poetry like that. And what I realized in this moment was that he was meeting two things that he hadn't confronted before. And that was a black woman, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that was speaking from Appalachian, claiming it, right? Mm-hmm. And then he was also meeting poetry, perhaps for the first time in a cadence oh, and in yeah. a way and with imagery that he understood. Yeah. Yeah. Even though the poem was, you know, I think derogatory to his ambitions, he recognized that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he said, be okay if I gave you some Walmart gift cards. And I said, <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, sure. If you want to give me some Walmart. And he flipped out some Walmart gift cards because, you know, I learned that, you know, when you, when you, when you run a coal mine and it comes Christmas time, you just hand out Walmart gift cards because you don't have to do a little payroll yeah. on that, right? Yeah. Uh, and so uh, from, this benevolent, from this benevolent moment of, of poetry, even penetrating the souls of coal CEOs and uh, folks, um, thus my poem prevailed. And that was, uh, you know, that was kind of a moment that I, that I recognized, you know, the power in poetry but also the power in sort of the living exchange of things exactly. right which is which is what i really miss in yeah. this you know in, in this pandemic um mm-hmm. pandemic moment so whenever people meet my poems and you know it's not looking real good for uh poets that talk about coal in west virginia exactly. <laughs> any more than it's looking real good for coal miners or the whole industry yeah. but yeah. um it is a it is a wonderful thing and i'm very happy that um, I am quote unquote sort of at least in the canon for yep. the most part yep. that mm-hmm. my work is taught universities including Appalachian studies yep. um, and that my great 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 grandbabies be able to you know find me in a book exactly um, and, and and say that was you know that was mama pistol I yeah. don't know what I'll be <laughs> right. but, you know yeah. that was, that, I, was uh, that, uh, that that is a joy um, uh, for me and something that I just I didn't even know I just was doing my thing you right. know what i mean I just, yeah 
writing and reading the poems and and and, and wanted to play with my friends yeah. like you all are and meet people and have poetry readings and yeah. and uh you know and i always like to say you know my little book kids don't know what kinkos is yeah. but kinkos <laughs> is yeah you know like the the xerox or kinkos, yeah, yep, those copy. things don't exist you know right. but i ran my my little book valley girl off at the kinkos and then i just started hustling it like a mixtape out of my trunk right. you know what i mean i sell the basketball games and sell it everywhere and you know and it's still self-published um so you know but it still sells and that one little book you know and my little appalachian poems took me around the world and Definitely. i think that's kind of amazing it, 100%. You know? yeah and i think i think one thing i admire about you crystal is that is that you're very um you know you have this vibe about you that that is so independent and, and just so um outspoken i mean where where do you think where do you think this started with, with you in terms of uh <laughs> like hitting well, did, did i mean you know just carrying yourself the way you do i mean i know we we all say you know it's you know our, our parents instilled this in us and things like that but you know what 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 got you into poetry and and, and wanting to do do things that that route well i think you know um poetry is really an excuse to research right and okay. so i think i developed poetry um as a as a um uh so so let me just start now now i'm building this thing called black by god the west virginian and you can yeah. follow that and i hope you guys will put it in the show notes so yeah, people definitely. will find 100. it um you know, so Black by God, the West Virginian is right now, it's sort of a pilot. It's a test. I have a vision of building a media, multimedia uh, platform that will center and serve Black West Virginians, yeah. right? Um, so, so you know, not looking at Black West Virginians, but out from and through that, I'll be able to sort of empower citizen journalists, photographers, people to tell their story so I yeah. can create the hub and sort of amplify the work of other people. And so I'm kind of doing that now and I'm focusing on legislative session right now now it's a hot mess it's yeah, it's really hard you know I'm, I'm sort of like pulling uh, s identities in the sense of like just what my past has been of being a lobbyist and being a poet and now mm -hmm. trying to spin up this publication black by god yeah. um and so as a and, and this is sort of me the 45 year old crystal who's really just the 16 year old crystal who yeah. wanted to be a journalist right who wanted to buy the last black newspaper in west virginia shout out to my dad because I told my dad, I said, I want to buy this paper. And my dad said, you don't have any money. I said, I still want to buy this paper. And <laughs> yeah. my dad said, well, I'll go ask them how much it costs, right? And so my dad went and asked them, and they came back and told me I could sell ads for the paper, but they wouldn't sell the paper. And so I think I kind of had a burr in my crawl this whole time. But now, um, so that's that gumption. It's just a literal sense of like seeing something, wanting to do it, just trying to figure out. I think it's also very Appalachian that you kind of just stay independent, you know, yeah. like, you know, I don't need any help, but we do need help. Yeah, right. um, and so my poetry really developed from not going into a journalism path mm -hmm. from the beginning. Um, college, you know, I started having babies and I did other cool things, you know, modeling and stuff like that. And, mm -hmm. and, and never really sort of going down the journalism path that I think my heart really wanted to. So I look at my poems as a way to tell stories um, and also to investigate. So, you know, when I write a poem about um, anything, you know, I'm doing tons of, of research around it to, so that I can try to break down what I'm 
what I'm learning and share that with yeah. other people. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of part of it. And then the other part is just, you know, me just wanting to express myself. I mean, the only thing I feel confident in the poems that I know best are the ones that um, are from my point of view. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's also what's really hard for me as a writer and a journalist is when I have to write things very objectively because right. I don't necessarily have that skill set. Yeah. But, you know, I think for the most part, poetry um, and even still to this day is very biographical research driven you know i'm trying to um just kind of like tell pieces of history and facts you know when i write a fracking poem you know and i'm talking about you know have this one poem fracker cracker right boom boom Mm -hmm. fracker cracker boom boom anyway and so you know but in it i'm i'm sort of using the analogy very much like boom boom um Mm -hmm. this is sort of a sexual thing where you know it's the fracker yeah Yeah. i mean writes itself yeah. yeah but you know but you know the fracker has a water fetish right yeah. because you know when you frack you have to use lots of water and yeah. all these gallons anyway so i'm putting in elements of like you know the 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 the, the way a thing is yeah. into this these metaphors um so yeah so i think that's really how um it got started but also you know i grew up in st albans west virginia i'm early hip-hop age that was life transforming you know getting tapes and Mm -hmm. and how hip-hop kind of came into my small town and really started to build you know sort of like self-empowerment and you know sort of the crack era and self anyway just that whole piece and so you learned i learned a lot of history black history um through hip hop, which was very empowering, but I also learned ways to tell stories mm-hmm. yeah. and cadence. And then I started learning through about the black arts. And I was like, oh, this is not Emily Dickinson boring poetry. Right. This <laughs> is it, you yeah. know? And, you know, and then once you once you grow up like I did as an award-winning elementary school library get the most pizza hut certificates <laughs> right I love that. Yeah. you have a love of reading yeah. you know what i mean yeah, and i think that that's really sort of my foundation is you know finding you know a tree to hang out underneath or climb or you know just finding my imagination in books yeah. um and to this day like i'm looking right now at all these books they're everywhere yeah. you know um and and being a reader um i think that's that's life changing so when i hear you know about a fella right with a big old beard you know yeah, and yeah. and appalachian man reading poetry you know it's sort of yeah. like yeah you know it's uh it's it's it, it, there's so much beauty in 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 not just the writing of the poem, but mm. in the reading of Definitely. the poem and, and, you know, as much I could write all day long, yep. you know, but it's, and, and that's fulfilling, but the fulfillment comes when it's an opportunity to share um, <laughs> whether someone's reading that word and experiencing it, or it's sort of a live moment, you know, and, and I think these are the intimate moments of life that are, you know, um, keep us human. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Period. <laughs> um so to kind of change gears a little bit um because like th- this month we we really do want to focus on black history and the and the the experiences of people of color in Appalachia and everything um and we know West Virginia kind of has this history and and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong on anything yeah. that I say I yeah, take yeah. no offense to that at all but I mean in West Virginia there are issues with uh just race relations maybe maybe not per se relations but just um biases this and that and everything um how 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 can we overcome that i mean we're we're still in appalachia we're 
we're trying to make our difference here and everything like that? And is it just a conversation that we need to have? Like, what, what are things that we can do that people well, can Well, I think it's a process. And just even like you asking the question is the beginning. And I think the first thing that really that is hard for people to start to process is to understand whiteness and how it became. Mm-hmm. And so I would recommend a book by Jeff James called giving up whiteness. Yeah. I saw that on your uh, Instagram. Yeah. yeah. And I really, really encourage you guys order it. Jeff's accessible. You can reach out to him. He's a West Virginian. And he wrote this book from the well-meaning white Christian, you know, man perspective mm-hmm. of, Sort of like I grew up with nice racism and I didn't really understand how to connect the dots and he didn't understand how to connect the dots because he didn't understand how whiteness was invented and made. And I think yeah. that, that it's a it's it will flip your brain. Like, I mean, you know, if you haven't started to unpack this, then it will you you will go through a process. And I think Jeff's book will sort of reveal that to you. And mm-hmm. I think that there's some you know, this is not new. I mean, good, good, good grief. Um you know, uh, black writers have been writing about this, um, uh, James Baldwin, you know, but yeah. it's sort of like, you know, if, if they only knew they were white, you know, like, yeah. and what that means. So that's what I would really, really encourage you to do. And Jeff is also a person that you could bring on um, to the show to explain that um, for Black History Month. I yeah. think yeah. one of the things that's important for Black History Month is that white people understand how much, you know, Um, they have lost in this system of racism, white supremacy. And I think it's always kind of framed in the tragedy of what racism has, has, has lost, you know, in terms of like for, for black people. But I think that in Appalachia, it's really important to see how this system has oppressed uh, poor white people Mm -hmm. um, and how, you know, this is a system that is, you know, we're very caste driven, class driven. And so I think that, you know, in, in, in that, you know, that Jeff's book is a great place to start because if you don't understand whiteness, you don't understand blackness, right? Mm-hmm. You don't understand how, you know, this uh, the American identity of African-American or black is very unique in, right, in its development against the system of racism, white supremacy that, you know, we're all participating in um, confronting it. So that's what I would start. But I think also it's really important in Black History Month, especially that we start to remember and recognize the contributions of of Black West Virginians. You know, 100 years ago, 100 years ago, the first um, Black man entered the West Virginia legislature, right? Mm -hmm. And I... I, I tweeted about him, but I was just thinking about him the other day, and, and, and one of his main things was to integrate the library, right, mm-hmm. uh, and to integrate swimming pools, because, you know, there was a time, you know, rather than have a black person swim in your pool, you would shut the whole pool down, yeah. right, and I think that, you know, these are very important, it's important to recognize the, um, you know, the, the significant contributions of, of black West Virginians, Um you know, since we're kind of centering mm-hmm. in, in, in Appalachia, West Virginia. And I would encourage um, you and folks to go follow the Black by God Instagram page. I mean, there I'm celebrating sort of a lot of unsung heroes, I think, which sometimes, you know, it's not always about the Carter G. Woodsons or the yeah. T.D. Jakes or the Randy Mosses. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's about your grandma, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Your grandma that had a picnic and raised her kids and you know how they how how did you do that in the face of segregation in yeah. a coal camp right yeah. and so um i think you know just kind of getting curious is one thing but really starting to understand and unpack mm-hmm. um what is whiteness and how it was invented and how it manifests um itself in appalachia and how cruel it is um mm-hmm. to to everybody and i think that's where we start the conversation. And that's where I think West Virginia has a, something very special to contribute to, um, you know, ending 
this racism, white supremacy, because it's going to take the work of quote unquote, well-meaning white people to recognize this change to happen. Black folks know this, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and we, we, we live in a different paradigm of, of, of sort of, you know, all, all other things. But I really think that um, that well-meaning white folks in West Virginia um, really need to grasp hold of this identity and take this sort of, you know, uh, as we celebrate the 100 years of Blair Mountain, yeah. this redneck miner, you know, a red, I don't want to see people celebrating uh, redneck miners in terms of diversity. I want to see 2021 redneck say I'm about anti-racism yes. and that's it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. because, you know, a hundred years ago, you know, folks were celebrating that black folks and white folks got to eat in the union cafeteria together. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And in 2021, right. We're still dealing with police brutality. We're still dealing. And this is a direct result. If you can start to unpack this whiteness, you'll start to see how the Pinkerton mm-hmm. police and all of this is all a big manifestation. So I think that West Virginians, especially in those that celebrate and know, you know, the redneck minor history, that if we're going to wear that, we're going to take that to the 2021 level. And we're going to mm-hmm. really be about, you know, I'm about anti-racism, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and having that conversation. So, you know, I think black history month is about learning the history, but it's also about saying, all right, here's what I got to offer. Mm-hmm. Right. Here's yeah. what I got to offer the future. Right. So, um, so, I, I like how you kind of brought up anti-racist. Um, I know there's a lot, of, a lot of folks don't really understand the difference between just like I'm not racist and then being anti-racist. Would you care to elaborate a little bit on that? Just, just so folks yeah. might be able to I mean, it's ex- really just understand the, that. It's really just a really hard thing. If you're in America, there's just no other. You know, it's a, it's, it's a hard thing to kind of like understand. People will yeah. resist it. There's covert and, mm-hmm. and, and 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 overt racism and all these different categories. But you know, it's like. There's no such thing as being a little bit pregnant, you know what I mean? Um, So, you know, I think that we have to kind of use those when we're talking about racism. Um, And anti-racism means, you know, um, anti-racism is, you know, hey, I don't want to be a part of the system in any way. And if I am, I want to recognize it, acknowledge it, and do better, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of trying to work so hard to give a, you know, um, thing. I think that's my... Hi, hon. Um, That's my son. And... um, (laughs) um, so, so yeah, so I, I, I don't, I don't, I'm kind of tread carefully around this because mm-hmm. there's so many people like, um, you know, Jeff's book is centered on anti-racism, you know, there's people that make this their life's work and there's so much yes. content out yep. there that I would just really encourage people to, you know, um, uh, Dr. Dr. Kendi Ibram, you know what I mean? And, and, and to really go to go down their own YouTube rabbit hole and start to absorb Definitely. some of this okay. content out there. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so just kind of, kind of, kind of continued that conversation a little bit. I mean, living in West Virginia and just knowing how, uh, politics are here, how mindsets Mm -hmm. can be and everything and everything that's happened over, over the course of 2020 with, uh, George Floyd and police brutality and everything. Um, there's obviously, um, a stick, a negative stigma that comes with civil rights movements like black lives matter and everything like that. Um, and we, I mean, me personally, like I, I know that's not a bad movement and I know people kind of feed off things that they see on the television or the news channel that they prefer and everything. How can we start to destigmatize 
things like Black Lives Matter and civil rights movements that some folks in in our region might be like, well, they're just this or that. And we're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> is it yeah. just having the conversation is like, what, what would be your advice for folks like us that are really wanting to like flip that script and change that narrative that, to what we believe that it is? Yeah. I think the first thing is to just sort of start to recognize and see how everything centers from a white perspective. Yeah. Right. Um, and that little that little exercise. Right. Like um, uh, Jeff James, we were talking on Twitter the other day through this little new thing that's going on called Spaces. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, which is all audio. You guys can come on anytime. I mean, I'd literally push a button and it's it's really cool. Yeah. Um, and um you know, but he was suggesting that one of the things people do is, especially focused in West Virginia, it's 95% white. Maybe mm, yeah. you have one black, maybe you have two, maybe, you know, there's a little mixed kid in your family. Yeah. I don't know. But, you know, all these things that people kind of like write off, well, I'm not that cause of this, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> but everything is so centered on whiteness and white people. Um, and that's that's America. That one thing that you can do is take a detox from white-centered media, right? So you can only consume for today, for tomorrow, for a week, right? Only media that is created, produced by black people, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, you know, which is a challenge when you start to try to curate that. Yeah. But that's sort of one exercise to think about like how you're, what you know is informed, mm -hmm. right? So one of the things that was really interesting, um, and um, I'm part of right now, I'm in a WVU on a fellowship um, with the New Start program. It's through the Reed School of Journalism. So that's mm -hmm. why I'm like sort of like my 16-year-old self is yeah. kind of becoming. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, one of the things that I've learned is to kind of look at media critically. And one of the things is in West Virginia, when all of the Black Lives Matter protests happened, and they were, most of the headlines all right, you ready for this? This is something that you might not notice. The headlines would say nonviolent Black Lives Matter protests, right? Yeah. But the picture would be violence. Like four white guys with a gun, yep. right? Yeah. And then some peaceful protesters. Mm -hmm. And I think this is sort of one of the things that was happening is that, you know, um, from NPR to, you know, other publications, they wanted people to know that these protests were happening and that they were peaceful. But yet the fact that nobody got shot made it nonviolent. Right. Mm -hmm. But yet the presence of people with guns showing up to antagonize right. the other people, that was yes. not seen as quote unquote violent. Yeah. And that is violent. And that's the, sort of the emotional violence, yes. right, yes. that we don't talk about. So I think one of, the things that's one of the things that's important is that we sort of learn to dissect media and how we're getting information and where we're getting it mm -hmm. from. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, so when we talk about the Black Lives Matter protests in West Virginia, even how they were framed to us, like, yeah. okay, they, they were peaceful, right? Like people weren't burning things, people weren't doing things, but yet there were people that would show up with guns. And yet the fact that they didn't actually kill anybody meant that it was nonviolent, right? Yeah, but, or the but Daniel fact Walker the still had to walk with a bulletproof vest through a small yeah, town in West Virginia. Yeah, I mean, you know, and it's kind of these things that we kind of shake off as, oh, well, you know, we're glad those protests happened. I'm um, glad that, you know, that they were nonviolent, but were they really? And I think it's sort of, you know, it's it gets very complicated, but what it requires is a way to pull out and away from, you know, what is white-centered and why, who wrote this and why wrote this, you know, who, what, when, where, and why yeah. um, that's not always centered um, from a from from a white lens or from a white it's 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 um 
So I think that, you know, Black Lives Matter also in West Virginia, you know, there's 56,000 black people, give or take, in West Virginia, 3% mm -hmm. of the population, right? Yeah. Like, what do you want us to do, yeah. right? Yeah. We got to live here, yep. right? Yeah. Yeah. We got to live here, right? And I think that sometimes in West Virginia, this is a, something that sort of gets, you know, um, misunderstood. And that is that if folks aren't complaining, that they're not in pain, right? right? Yeah. Well, why am I going to, you know, I'm small town, West Virginia. Why am I going to go create a protest, make trouble for myself? I'm not speaking for anybody, but my own in this, in this sort of like analogy here, yeah. because I know sometimes I don't always speak up because I got to get through the day yep. yeah. or I got to get through the project yep. or this person holds certain power, right? So right. you put up with shit mm -hmm. and you don't complain. And if you don't complain, then people don't understand because right. there's always this responsibility on the black person in the room or on the committee to help teach, educate everybody. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's something to be aware of, right? Mm -hmm. Is like just thinking like, huh, I wonder right? Like just yourself, or I think women understand this analogy because they know what it's like to put up with a creepy boss or, yeah. you know what I mean? Like how you kind of just don't call out stuff because yeah. you just want to get through, you know, or mm -hmm. your feet, whatever. Um, but I think that happens a lot when, you know, uh, black folks are sort of out into the world. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's like, I'm just going to keep it moving or yeah. I'm not mm -hmm. going to, I'm not going to do this. And it's very difficult because even if all 56,000 black people in West Virginia came together, that doesn't even fill up the WVU football stand. Right. Right. Yeah. I think, I don't know how many people can get in there. I think that, I that's I think pretty I close. Yeah. That's pretty close. <laughs> if not. Yeah. Yeah, say, yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, you know, um, and then, yeah. So, yeah. So I forget the question, but how, let's go with that. Yeah. No, that, 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 <laughs> that you, covered you covered it. it. Yeah, you covered it. it. No, yeah, um, definitely covered it. Man, thank you so much for coming on with us. Oh, is, is there yeah. any? I mean, we, we don't want to keep you all, all afternoon or anything like that. Um, but is, is there anything else you want to add that that our listeners might benefit yeah. from? Because I I feel like I've grown from this conversation personally. Most definitely. <laughs> I, I, no, I just really like for everybody, you know, to um uh sign up for Black by God dot org. You know, it's it, it's uh and and follow us on Instagram. Um and on on twitter and i think you'll learn a lot there mm -hmm. um i think that you know you'll find out information um that you might be able to share within your community and you you might be able to watch something become yeah. uh, that i'm really excited about or you might just you know it could crash and burn i don't know but um i get up and i try just like you all and i think about what can i do with the gifts and talents that um that i have and the interests that i have and yeah. i think uh, I think one of the 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 things that I would you know pass along um, is support a uh, a black artist in in West Virginia, whether that's a a crafter, a small business owner, a hip hop artist. But you know, um, well, you know, give them some money and support them. Give them some likes. Give them some shares. You yeah. know, uh, I think that that's uh, that's really important um, thing that we can do that we might not think about. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. All right. Man. Okay. Crystal, Crystal thank, thank you, you so much. Thank yeah. you, guys. We, we appreciate it. And I'll, All right. I'm definitely going to jump into Twitter spaces. Okay, anytime. Right All right. With it, so I appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Thank you. all Take bye -bye. care over in L.A. Bye-bye. That might be up there in one of my most favorite conversations we've been able to have. 
with, well, with anybody we've had on the show so far. I mean, just 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 the the substance of everything. I'm not. No, I, I don't even know what to say. No, I think I think it's a conversation that's needed. Oh yeah, that we, agreed. You know, kind of like we had talked about with Josh there mm-hmm. uh, in last week's episode. This is this was a conversation that was most definitely needed to put Appalachia in a different lens, to put Black Appalachia in a different lens, definitely. and to put white people's perspectives in yeah. a different Agreed. different lens and like some of the things that she said tonight just like it, it's really changed my thinking process on some things yeah well just in terms of like how i i mean as appalachians how we identify as appalachians like yeah. kind of a new perspective on that yeah and then just kind of digging into like the whole black history month conversation that we're wanting to have on how um well-meaning white appalachians can can just kind of take that step back and look yeah. from a different perspective to see how things have unfolded over the I course think the of our history. the conversation that was enlightening to me was the anti-racism versus... I'm not racist. I'm not racist. Yeah. Okay. That, that, man, yeah. I, I, that I, in I, itself was, was yeah, spot on. I'd like to dig into that more sometime. I would too. Uh, just, I, would to, too. I mean, if it's not on the podcast, just as me personally, just to kind of keep trying to do better, trying yeah, to grow. Definitely. Uh, because... I love people, man. Exactly. So, ah, dude, I need a haircut so bad. I I swear to God, I was gonna come in. I was gonna mention that earlier. Like, I know that. I think this like, hat's you have the hat on, right but yeah. like, the beard's looking a little scraggly too. Dude, like, know, you need a, you need a line up. I, you need to trim it needs, up. It needs I need a line up. Trim up. Where you, are you gonna go to get it? Monday, mo- uh, tomorrow. Well, what will be tomorrow when this drops, dude? I'm headed over to Visions Barbershop. Visions Barbershop. My man, Jason. Yeah, God Plus Ferry, West Virginia. Yeah. Yeah, J- Jason Bush, my barber. He's uh, he's hooking me up, man. He Definitely. is He is now in his shop, the official barbers of What's Happened last year. And, and we're Justin, so... St- yeah. Both of them, they yeah. uh, they do they do great work, guys. I think um, it's it's important to obviously, you know, support your small business and whatnot, but I can't help but to support them because <laughs> they're such cool guys, man. Yeah. And, and, and they create such a good atmosphere. Like you, you honestly like wouldn't expect that Mm-mm. in rural West Virginia, but like you, you go in and like you're, you're hitting like a top notch barbershop with just, I mean, it, it's, it's a clean, comfy atmosphere and the guys are cool to hang out with. Yep. Yep. Um, I mean, shoot, they've got arcade games, uh, yep. nice cozy couch. TV. You can talk about Star Wars, just, anything, yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. just normal barbershop conversation. Very laid back, guys. Very welcoming atmosphere. Definitely, definitely. You know. Two master barbers, man. Yep. Two master barbers. But we highly one. recommend you check these guys out in the Galpolis Ferry, West Virginia, if you're looking for a solid cut. I know they have guys travel two, three hours away do, just, yeah. just to have a couple cuts. Yeah, so, so um, check them out. They're on Facebook at Visions Barbershop. Um, Check them out on Facebook. Give them a like. Give them a review after you get your hair cut because I know it's going to be five stars. So. Yeah, and tell them that Gabe and Cody sent you. There you go. They'll appreciate that. Um, so, Cody, after such a great episode, mm-hmm. what are you drinking to, man? So, I think something I'm going to drink to tonight is the comeback of winter sports. Yeah? Yeah, I think it's something that um, the kids have been looking forward to. They've been kind of mm-hmm. locked up, you know, chomping at the bit to get back and, and compete and things like that and bring a little bit of normalcy back with with me too i know i know my wife is dreading it simply due to the fact that i'm never home during basketball season but um it'll be a sh- it'll be a hectic couple months but it will be it's shorter it than be. what it has been yeah in years yeah past. but i'm excited to get back out there and compete see a lot of my friends that, that i coach with that i coach against things like that so that that's one thing I'm drinking to tonight is is the return of boys 
varsity basketball. Yeah, uh, I like that. I like that, man. What about you? Uh, so I'm, I'm going to drink tonight to, uh, well, Tyler Childers last summer put out. Um, Who's that? Uh, just my favorite ah, country singer. Just kidding. Yeah. Go ahead. But anyways, he put out an album last summer just kind of out of the blue called Long Violet History. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the proceeds of that, I guess, are being put towards a nonprofit that he, nonprofit that he and his wife started called the Hickman Holler Appalachian Relief Fund, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, there's somebody from Appalachia, you know. Go doing into some, detail about this yeah, nonprofit. Doing, what, doing something big. What is uh, what is the the project? Uh, it's going to go into all efforts in like the Appalachian region in terms of education, civil rights, and addiction recovery. So things oh, wow. that we actually face in Appalachia. It's not just a general like nonprofit. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like yeah. this is like they're investing into the community, into the parts of the community right. that need invested in. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm I'm pretty stoked about that. We're going to put some information in the show notes too. We'll probably put that on this For out sure. on social media too. So if you guys probably want to make a donation to it it's a worthy cause and it uh it, and it deals with things that affect a lot of people in yeah. appalachia so yep um i'm, I'm gonna drink to that cheers it. tyler childers let's clink it and sonorme love you tyler but what a solid episode man solid episode and like i feel <clears throat> i feel cleansed cleansed huh yeah that's the adjective i'm using like okay it's just dude it's just Feel clean, like just a good, solid conversation just cleanses your mind a little bit and, and gives you a little bit of clarity in terms yeah. of, you know, your thought process and, and where your thoughts are on, on certain subjects and things yeah. like that. It just kind of, it, it, dude, it, it is always wholesome to have a top-notch conversation with somebody. Oh, definitely. And, and especially when it's something that might be perceived as controversial, yeah. per se. Yeah. Would that be the right, is that the term? Yeah, or, or 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 maybe touchy. I don't. I, no, don't, I don't. I don't know how to describe it no. properly because, like, folks, folks can kind of get a little like well, think, iffy when you start talking game. about this. Think, think about this. You know, last week we talked with Josh about the needed conversation. Yeah. yeah. Tonight we had a, we delved into a little bit of that conversation, mm-hmm. and and sitting here as a as a white guy from West Virginia, like, I, I'm not going to tell you it's easy. I know it's not easy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I feel personally, in my opinion, toward you know who I am as a person, I feel. Like that, I'm very loving and very, you know, I'm very open to to anybody. Doesn't care who you are, what you yeah, are, whatever. Yeah. Like, but still, these conversations still, uh, they're they're still not easy. No, no matter not. what your what they're your not. if you, you you can be the nicest guy in the world and have the, you know, the most open uh, personality in the world, but still, um, you still grow. Yeah, you, definitely, definitely. Uh, but these conversations aren't easy. No, they're and not. And they do they do make you challenge yourself and your thought process and, and really reflect yeah. in terms of who you are as a person. Agreed. And your beliefs. Agreed. And tonight's episode did just that. And yeah. it's not it, it's a good thing. You know, wholesome conversation is a good thing and that's exactly what we have with Crystal tonight. Yeah. And I, and I hope more folks, I hope our listeners kind of like challenge themselves to kind of step out of that comfort zone to to have these kind of conversations yeah. with folks. Because, uh, I mean, the world's not going to be a better place ever. The place that we wanted to be until we start talking to other folks, gaining a new perspective. Exactly. Learning just more. Yeah. So, guys, if you get a chance, uh, hopefully reach out to us on Instagram. Reach out to us on Facebook. Uh, we're on Twitter, too. Uh, Shoot us an at email. At on Twitter. Shoot us an email at whatshappalachian at gmail.com. 
guys, we would appreciate it so kindly if you hopped on Apple Podcasts and uh, shot us a shot us a review mm-hmm. and and tell us what you like. Uh, if you have something that's Appalachian in your hometown, feel free to shoot us an email, a message, DM, whatever, uh, and fill us in on what's happening in your neck of the woods. So, mm-hmm. guys, uh, this is Cody Greathouse signing off alongside my co-host, Gabe Roush. Have a good week, guys. Take care.